Hey there, I'm Daniel Murphy. And I'm Jeff Arundel. And we are the Scarlet Goodbye. And you're listening to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. Woot woot. There you go. First take. Welcome to episode number 16 of the Minnesota Music Shakedown, a podcast dedicated to spinning some of the best original Twin Cities and beyond area music. Featured this week are songs by John Forrest and the Model Citizens and Allie Gray, plus music and interviews with Dan Murphy and Jeff Arundel of The Scarlet Goodbye and Scott Allen. Also, the final installment of this round of the Top 5, where a celebrity guest panel battles over who has the best Top 5 1990s band list of all time. I'm your host, Mark Sterry, and thank you for supporting live and local music. Hi, this is Ben from John Forrest and the Model Citizens. Get ready to shake it up with the Minnesota Music Shakedown.
That was John Forrest and the Model Citizens with their song, Nowhere I'd Rather Be, off their 2022 EP, Love is a Company. Interviews with them coming soon. Next up is part one of two with Dan Murphy, previously of Soul Asylum and Golden Smog, and Jeff Arundel, who are the Scarlet Goodbye, and we discuss tracking their new album, Hope's Eternal. Afterwards, hear their new single, Rosary. All right, Dan and Jeff from the Scarlet Goodbye, welcome to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. How's it going today there, guys? Really good, thank you. I'm kind of cold, Mark. Oh, if you don't mind me saying, cold and nasty. It is cold. cold. Yeah, I do. Yeah, even for, even when we live here, for the people that live here, it's cold. Polar vortex. Yes, it is. Um, my day job is I do therapy dog work with my dogs in these inner city schools and homeless shelters and stuff, and. It's really hard to get them to wear down to go to work when it's this cold outside. It yeah. burns their feet, and yeah, just I'm looking forward to this. Hopefully, it warms up this weekend a little bit, but yeah. uh, it is what it is. So, thank you guys for coming on the show, and you're coming from Jeff's work in Minneapolis, and we're here to talk about your new record, Hope's Eternal. First, I wanted to ask you guys, where did you come up with the band name, The Scarlet Goodbye? Well, we battered it around. We were going to be called Love Child initially. And then we kind of thought about the Irish goodbye, but we don't really play Irish songs. <laughs> and then Jeff came up with the Scarlet goodbye, and we both kind of immediately liked it. And we were going to yeah. call the record originally, it was going to be called Say Hello to the Scarlet Goodbye. But we chose Hope's Eternal because that's a lyric in one of the songs that kind of seems more poignant somehow. Okay. And how did you guys meet up? Well, I own a restaurant, Hefe Urban Cocina, down on Main Street. And Dan took it up as sort of a place he would stop in and wet his whistle because he lived two doors down. And even though we've been in, in music the same amount of time, we never had met each other and didn't know each other. And we met at the restaurant and started talking. It had nothing to do with music. And Dan paid me a compliment. He said that I had a good vocabulary. <laughs> and that was a, a kind of an icebreaker for yeah. us. <laughs> True story. Yeah. And, you, and you're good with lighting. The lighting yeah. at your restaurants is top notch. Yeah. It's not dark yet, but it's getting there. It's like kind of like Tinder lighting, you know, it's yeah. like kind of that no yeah. warts and all. So that was kind of cool. And then he invited me to his holiday party. This is the December before COVID. So it's like two months before yeah, COVID. 2019. And I went up to a studio, and I didn't even know it at the time, but Jeff played me the song that he recorded up there. This country singer sang it, but he, Jeff wrote the song. I said, wow, I couldn't believe he recorded it up in the studio. Not that the studio is a shack, but it's, I would say it's humble up there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I listened to the song, and I think I said to Jeff, like for the first time, I'd probably quit for 10 years. I said, I kind of miss doing this sometimes. It was like one of the first times I felt like reminiscent about my, my past life in Golden Smog and Soul Asylum. Mark, it was a very poignant moment. And by the way, this is sounding real bromancy. I get that. Dan and I have not been physical. No, not yet. Not. Yet. It's a it's a it's a brilliant that. <laughs> but um he leaned in. We were at the, you know, kind of the pod, the the mixing and the computer and everything. And he leaned into the speakers and he said in a very wistful voice, like, I, I kind of miss this. And that started the whole thing. Cause I said, Well, why don't you come over and we'll, you know, work on some stuff. And the so, ball started rolling. So the yeah. first thing we worked on is a song on the record, Paris. I just told him a story that I thought was interesting. We just sat down and we came up with some chord changes and wrote like the first verse together. Yeah. 
And I was like, well, that worked pretty good. And then we like about, I think we got together maybe two or three times to finish it. And about two weeks later, we cut it with Pat Nelson and Ben Peterson, who I'd never met. And um, like almost immediately, it sounded like a band. I mean, that was our first mm-hmm. song. And it kind of starts kind of like singer-songwriter cool. mode. And then it kicks into this kind of backbeat. And then it kind of goes into this who bit. So it was like three different pieces of music that those guys were able to uh, pick up and play really succinctly. So I was like, yeah, it's like, you guys are good. I never met anybody in the band before. And I've only been in my whole life. I've been in three bands. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Dan got turned down from a band because they didn't like how his guitar looked. Yeah. With, with, with Jim Walsh. I was going to be in his band. They were at the time they were called the Rems and then they turned into laughing stock and they put an ad in like the city pages. And I showed up for, for uh rehearsal because I wanted to be in their band. And they, they turned me down because I had kind of a square guitar. You know? <laughs> Jim Walsh, not James Walsh from Gypsy? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, Jim Walsh was in a band called Laughing Stock for a long time. Jim Walsh is the writer yeah. and musician. Yeah. yeah. James Walsh was in, I think, some other Gypsy. Band. He's in Gypsy. He's in bad health right now. I've had him on the podcast before. Oh, um, cool. I guess he's in bad health, I guess, right now. So, What is the title of your studio, Jeff? Well, I just... Uh, I call it Avalon because that's kind of our pet name of the house. But no, it's, you know how it is, Mark. You're a musician, probably recording stuff. It's all different. Dan spent seven months in Spain making a record. And, you know, now you and the three of us could make one in this room we're sitting in. I mean, it's just how it is now, you know? So, you know, and that's cool. And so, yeah, I've got, this is great. I've got PV. Or PV preamps, which of course everybody laughs at until they re- it's the tube pre's actually that everybody wants these PV tube pre's that they made. We say vocals through like a ninety dollars Shure SM fifty seven yeah. vocal, like a drum mic, and but you know I was like Jeff was like I got to update my studio, and I was like I wouldn't touch it. It's like a time capsule because it's very easy to play there. Stuff sounds really good. It's very accurate. And like with with the band, we can figure it all in the same room. So there's a ton of guitar bleed into the drum tracks and stuff, which gives it a very specific sound, which is I think it's yeah, kind of charming. Right Sounds like a band playing together in the room at the same time. Absolutely, yeah, it does. I've done that in New York City, where you track live and you're all in one room, and you know it is what it is. Bleed and, and all, yeah. yeah. But it's cool. Then at times I tried to take that bleed out you know, in the production and it actually got worse, you know, and you leave it in. I gotcha. What, what were you guys using? Like when you started this project, who were your like album references? Like, were you like, I want this to sound like this type of album or this type of album, or I want to have some elements of like golden smog or little Tweety ish on it. Or like, like what were you guys' references for your final product? I didn't have like a go-to going in, but when I heard the first couple tracks, sonically, to me, it sounds a little bit like the record Harvest by Neil Young. Like the thumpy kind of kick drum and the kind of plain, plain sounding drum set that's not very processed. So like, like the thump of it kind of reminded me of that record. Not so much the hits on there, but more like the deeper electric guitar tracks on Harvest. I mean, that's kind of sort of, but I think going in, Jeff and I had such different backgrounds and i thought the first song we wrote together was a very much collaborative thing it kind of went to a big rock thing and it starts off with some beautiful chord structure and i don't know it was kind of 
I, like I didn't ever write with Dave in um, my, my old band Soul Asylum and the Smog would write together, but it's, it either works or it doesn't work. I'm assuming with writing with someone. And I think we were both pretty surprised yeah. to figure out it was easy. Yeah. And I don't think we pointed it at anything, Mark. I mean, Dan references a sound, but in terms of like what we were doing, we didn't aim at anything or even think about anything or even talk about it. We just kind of got going and mm -hmm. mashed it together. And I got to be honest with you, like when I first went up there, we started writing. I was thinking to myself, well, if we got something really good, we could go to a real studio and record it. You know, that was like my mindset. And then we tracked the first two songs and I was just a, a believer after that. Yeah. I was like, it's easy and it sounds Sounds like a scrappy little rock band. I loved it. Um, that's that's awesome. So, do you guys have? Are you guys playing a lot of shows coming up besides your vinyl release show to this summer, this spring to kind of promote it? Yeah, we just had a meeting. Jeff will tell you yeah, all about we, it. We are we've got some great shows lined up. We're going to open the Palmer's. What do they call that? Thing? That outside garden bar they have in the back. You know that back. Outside stage, we're going to open that with Run Westy Run. Their their opening date is in early May, and then we're nailing down playing in the Hook and Ladder Canopy. That's tentatively in August. We're going to be uh, in Superior. We're going to be in Silver Bay. We're going to be up north and around, and then probably back down in Minneapolis or or thereabouts this fall. And yeah. an Ice House show on uh, March 26th, which will be our album release. And also, I think we're going to show a video that we made for the record there. We're going to set up a projector and screen some out. Cool. And have it be a release, too. And then it comes out in streaming services on March 24th, then, for like iTunes and Spotify and all that stuff? Exactly. Although it was on Spotify yesterday, the whole record. Yeah, by accident. By accident. I yeah, was up. I could. I had to get a link from Krista. I didn't see. I didn't see it on Spotify. No, it was just up for a few hours last night. But we have a new single that dropped actually yesterday. Sandy. I that was one of my favorite ones. I didn't know it was a single till right. Yeah. You just told me. Yeah, it dropped yesterday. So there's four singles, which means there's eight other tracks still to come. <laughs> I flat open, but we 
Next up is part three of three with the top five 1990s summer lineup tour where panelists Allie Gray, Uncle Nick, Carl and Rick from Capital Sons, Macklemore Corey, Brad from the St. Paul Curling Club, Coach Scotty Z and myself, similar to a fantasy football draft, draw numbers to determine order, choose one band from the 1990s, if taken, no longer available for five rounds. And by the end, whomever has compiled the best, according to Judge Rachel and company, fantasy summer tour of the 1990s bands is declared the winner. Enjoy. Allie, since she was our yeah. first pick, and it is our draft for the best summer band, 1990s band festival. Allie, can you read your yeah. festival? Start with the opener to the headliner, and then tell us the venue. who the, the venue and the opening beer band would be in the, in the, the, in beer, the tent, beer tent, the side stage. Yeah? yeah. All right. So my opener at Allie Fest 2023 is Radiohead. Followed by, no doubt, followed by Soul Asylum, followed by the Cranberries, headlining is the Black Crows. My beer tent band, the side stage band, Semisonic. And my venue, I'll be honest, I've never been there, but it's my bucket list next venue I want to go to is Red Rocks. Wow. Red, Rock. Red Rock, yeah. Out, know, in, out in Colorado. Do we, have, do we have to scratch yeah. off a venue if we've got yep. this? Okay. You know the answer already, yes. I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's Alley Fest 2023. Allie, that was really, Tickets this is really fun. I love that. <laughs> Rachel, who's next? So we have Scotty Z. Who's the opener, um, bud? My last name is Zeman, so this will be called the Screamin' Zeman Festival. Yes! <laughs> Woo! And I got uh, opening act Digital Underground. Number two, TLC. Number three, acoustic set, Cheryl Crow. Four, REM. And five, Kid Rock. My beer tent is uh, Sublime, kind of a reggae-ish Oh, I group. love that. Santeria. And I, I guess I'd have like a concert in the spring, spring break, like with the Desert Sky Pavilion in Phoenix in the suburbs Scotty, of Phoenix. Scotty, you're a damn genius. Venue. I've been to it before. Yeah. We don't have anything. Like They're going to maybe build one of those at... Bradley, you're up. Get real close to that mic, bud. All right, my lineup for the For Those About to Rock Festival. <laughs> my, opening act, my opening act is Nine Inch Nails, followed up by the Beastie Boys. And my first of three headliners is Metallica, then Nirvana, and I'm going to end with Tool. Oh, and in the beer tent because I want to make a lot of money selling beer, Pantera's going to be playing. Oh. And my venue is going to be in the newly refurbished Roman Coliseum. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that was outstanding. Dude, that is like Who doesn't want to go out of a goddamn dream. What was the name? For those, for those about, about to rock. rock. Yeah. Um, Which ties into the Roman Coliseum. Oh, clever. Did you plan that? Wow, that, that was really cool. Last 30 seconds. Yeah. Okay, nice. All right, line up next. Macklemore Corey. Oh, my God. Mine's going to be the Spartacular Fest. And my opening act is going to be Weird L. Yankovic, followed by the Butthole Surfers, to Collective Soul, to Green Day, 
the main attraction Foo Fighters in the tent show Rimp Biscuit. Whoa, where at Corey? At Wrigley Field in Chicago. Oh my God! Wrigley Field, nice. My dad represented Fred Durst, the Limp Bizkit lead singer. Yeah. Did he, he really? Kicked a guy in the head. Yeah. That's good. Our first half. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Rick, get real close to that mic, bud. All right. Read All your right. lineup. I got I got a hodgepodge, and. I'm not putting you two as the headliner just because there was a lot of controversy. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So you two can fucking open the show. No, I'm, I'm going to go with Blink-182, Soundgarden, Rage Against the Machine, U2 and Aerosmith at Wembley Stadium. And this is the Tricky Ricky Quickie Festival, right? Oh, that's, that's cute. And I'm thinking the wallflowers for the band in the oh, beer yeah. tent. Shit. Nice. I almost was going to say Traveling Wilburys, but I couldn't remember how many 90s they were. <laughs> one album. All right, Two albums, one album. Yeah, they're not on the list, but... All right. The Capital Sunshine Festival. Nice. Shameless plug. Um, couldn't think of a better name. Anyhow, uh, is, is going to start... Blur is the opening act. Alice in Chains is going to follow up, which will be hard to do, but, you know... They do have a new singer. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots is going to come in midsection, hitch in the hitch in the gut. Pearl Jam is going to come follow them, and uh, Eddie Vedder is going to blow your mind. Stone Gossard, and then wrap it all up with the most energetic band of the '90s, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and socks on their cocks, and all of that good stuff. And can you where, say that where, in this? Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Where? Where? Well, hold on. So, and my beer tent festival, or my beer tent band, is going to be none other than Faith No More. Nice. Nice. And um, it's going to be at Royal Albert Hall in England. Wow. In England. Jolly old England. <laughs> we both went to England, didn't we? Yes. Bye, Joan. Bye, Joni. We can get none more England with us. I am up. Great picks there, Carl. All right, boys and girls. My opening band for my festival would be... It, oh, so I, I love my dogs. So I would call it Copper Rocker Festival after my dog. The Copper Rocker Festival. That's terrible, but I'm sticking with it. Like Copper it. Rocker. Um, Copper Rocker Fest 2023. The opening band would be the Bodines. Mm-hmm. Good opener. Next up, Toad the Wet Sprocket. Right along them lines. Then, the big voice, lungs of Edwin McCain. Into Sorry. one of my favorites, Hootie, and then a rocket out selling beer. This is like, and then the rocket out selling beer, Lenny Kravitz is a headliner. Lenny Kravitz. I watched stand in line for tickets and sleep overnight. I'm not kidding. Nice. And then the opening band. I just saw this dude play a wedding acoustic, and I covered a couple of his songs. Watching how he did this, the opening band of the Beer Tent. It'd be kind of more laid back, chill shit. Sting. I named my dog after Sting, too. A little barley I named after Sting. It is at, this is the best part, the B-Dale Club Pavilion for Winter Bocce Fest. Yes! yes! Represent, representing. Can I drop the mic right now? Uncle Nick. Hello. Hi. Um, we're 
I'm going to call it Nick Fest because, you know, it's, it's, my, it's my name. I'm going to do that. So <laughs> can't stop that. All right. I'm um, going to start like Go Have You. So if you heard my list, I'm um, following it enough. Um, starting with the Jim Blossoms. Easing into some Oasis. I think I'm going to go into Weezer next. And then get more energy, do the offspring. And then the headliner, I'd be smashing pumpkins. I think nice. I have to go that way. Nice. Who's the beer, tip, the beer tent band? Beer tent. Uh, I like a fun band. Um, I don't think I want to say Blues Travelers. I might do them. They were on my list, and I couldn't believe you didn't say them because of your harmonica. I don't play. Uh, yeah, that's cool. I do like them. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Should have. Where is this oh. at, Nick? Well, you kind of Nick's favorite place is Las Vegas, so we're going to go MGM probably. Whoa! MGM Event Center. Okay. Rachel, our beloved trusted judge, can you tell us who... For the that you can explain it better than I can, probably the top five summer concert series in nineteen nineties bands. Who got last place, and then build it up, and who got first place? Okay, well I took votes. Yvette did not want to hear all ninety five bands, so I told her to pick a number one through eight, and that person got her vote. Natalie voted. JT voted, and this lovely couple at the bar who's been to half these artists in concert and had a lot of great opinions, they each voted. And there's a tie. There's a tie with all these votes for first place, so I guess I'm stuck being the tiebreaker, and that's Are we doing last stinks. place or first? What if we did it? Could you do something about a tiebreaker? Okay. So here... Can we give it? We're going to give an honorable mention. I know. I'm just making up my own rule. Sorry, Mark. Um, we're going to give an honorable mention to the show that we truly think would sell out and gross the most money. Not the one that won, not the one we like the best, but will sell out and gross the most is Brad of the Curling Club. Because you picked some of the top heavy hitters that would sell out by far. So, okay. Brad, you got second place again. Um, or fourth place, as it were. He got no place. He got honorable, honorable mention. Mentions even Highest grossing. That means you tried. Still There's in no the prize. Room. Okay. That means you tried. But I'm going to give. Oh, here we go. What's the What's the pink flamingo? Pink butterfly. Scotty, would you grab that vodka over there, please? The pink, Nancy, pink Whitney. What's it called? Scotty pink can Whitney. Read it to us. I'm going to give the pink Whitney not to the loser, but to the show I want to go to. So, Scotty Z, cheers to you. You're going to get the Pink Whitney because I, I want to go to the Screaming Z-Men. Screaming Z-Men. In Phoenix for spring break. I love this. Yes. Okay. I was going for Ellen, I get a kick when it gets twisted. So, so we have t- a tie. If I tally the votes, we have a tie. So, I think I'm going to name those two and then... What are we, what's our tiebreaker going to be? I want to know who's playing acoustic on a side stage B. And that'll determine the tiebreak for me. So the top two votes around the Beatdale Club tonight were Nick Fest at the MGM Vegas and Allie Fest at the Red Rocks. Are you serious? Nice. So I think the tiebreaker is going to be right. the acoustic B stage and then I can decide. I just took over the show, Mark. Sorry. No, give, it, give her the mic. Let's, let's do it. Do it. Oh my See, uh, my Unfortunately, Allie my knows me very was, well and prize knows was an I don't think she should me. play the golden ticket, but it would win. I was going to go down faster than Butch and the Fifth and Pulp Fiction. Are we picking right? 
So picking an acoustic band that. Nineties side stage. We still haven't used yet. That you haven't used yet. You got five. You go first. Well, Allie had top draft pick, so so you can go first, Nick. Acoustic. Oh my gosh. Um. So many. I gotta do with someone I really want to see someone songs I like to sing with, along with um, that I don't some we haven't used yet. I'm gonna go Counting Crows. Yeah, good choice. Good acoustic. choice. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, that's good picnic. That's good. Wow, I wasn't picked earlier. We get some comparisons to them. Yeah, the Rain King. They're good, man. All right. Well, '90s for me, and I was there because I graduated in '93. Somebody that changed my life that I would love to see play a guitar on a side stage by herself and do a lot of her hate rock, which is what made it cool in the 90s. She started it, Alanis Morissette. Yeah. That's a really good thing. Well, you guys just made it harder. Let's go. Um, Acoustic stage C. No. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Here's what. Oh. You guys made it really hard, but if you asked me um, one of my top five songs in the whole wide world, this is this is what turned it ironic. Is colorblind, so I'm gonna give it to Nick. I'm gonna give it to oh Nick because that's one of the best songs in the world. Nick, Uncle Nick won. <laughs> Nick, you won. I'm on board if we call it the Tricky Nicky Quickie Festival. Tricky okay. Nicky Nick, you won. Oh my God. That's outstanding. Congratulations. Congratulations, bud. Hey, thanks for participating in the Minnesota Music Shakedown Top 5 1990s Summer Lineup. Congratulations to our winners. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yes.
like to take a minute to thank the two sponsors of this week's podcast, ID Chrysler Zombroda and the B-Dale Club. I saw Bruce Springsteen with my aunt on Sunday night. Amazing show. Horrible drive home. But glad I had my Jeep Cherokee to get me there safely. My black Jeep Cherokee I get from ID Chrysler. With 250,000 miles of my old car, just much for that poor thing to take. I found myself looking for my new dream ride at ID Chrysler. And the staff has been more helpful with me choosing vehicle and willing to work with my, at the time I called it, musician's credit score. Their philosophy is simple, time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out their inventory at ZombrotaCDJR.com or take the beautiful drive down US 52 to 1900 Roscoe Avenue, Zombrota, Minnesota to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 9 to 5 p.m. Closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler Zombrota today and enjoy safe, hopefully end of winter season, full of adventures and memories out in that open road in a new ride. And the Beda Club, the BBC 2100. One of my favorite bars in Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota. The Beto Club, located on the corner of County Road B and Dale's motto is a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun, and that is the Stone Cold Truth. Last night, we rocked out the B-Dale All-Stars with Nicole Stanton, Brian Johnson, Sam Johns, and myself. Was unbelievably fun. Next time we're down there, you got to come and check it out. Natalie Shelley, Dustin, the entire bar staff are all state-of-the-art cocktail wizards. As of late, my libation has been Jameson Ginger's from President T-Wall. And to quote 16-time world champion Ric Flair, Tasty Little Devils. Live music, pool table, pull tabs. Tuesday night, Chess Society with Kyle. Bingo, meat raffle, bocce ball Thursdays. And much, much more. B-Dale's got it all. Stop by for a cold one. Now, today. Now. Next up is part one of two with Scott Allen. And we discuss Reservoir Woods. The Caboose and his new album, My Own Grown Eyes, and afterwards hear his new single, The Finest Hour. Scott Allen, welcome to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. How's it going today there, brother? It's going good, Mark. How are you today? Good. You live in St. Paul? Roseville, actually. What? You live by me. I live in St. Paul, All Roseville. Right. Love Roseville. Been here a long time. Not planning on going anywhere. My favorite bar in the world is the B-Dale Club. Right on. I live just down the street from there. I live... Three blocks from there. Really? I do. I uh-huh. play there. I play there next. I play there twice a month. Oh my god! So I just got past <laughs> there because I take my dog hiking at Reservoir Woods every day. Oh, you! Pr- I've probably run into you. I'm out there on my mountain bike all the time. Are you serious? 
Yeah, I live oh. I live two blocks from the entrance to Reservoir Woods. I'm out there. When I had Irish wolfhounds, I had the two big dogs out there all the time. Oh, um, I bet you I stopped because those are so interesting-looking dogs. Yep. And the, the Reservoir Woods is my zen, brother. I, I'd be lost without it. I really would. I teach at a stoic college, philosophy college. That's my background and stuff. On the screen okay. here, and that is my Zen too. Is the Reservoir Woods going through there? But I just got back a little bit ago. I've been teaching stuff all day. It's fucking slippery as hell out there. Oh, I know. Right now, I it's can't even ice. get out of a driveway. <laughs> I went just went just now and took the dogs up to the hill by the reservoir, and even in the snow, it's fucking clear ice. Um, wow! So hopefully, it, it you know melts a little bit. But I just love that place. Um, it's That's Zen, great. man. It's Zen, absolutely. You should come down to the Bedo Club. You're not a Bedo Club guy. I, you know, um, part of my story there is that I'm a dry drunk. So uh, when I'm and and also I I worked as a sound guy at the Caboose for 25 years. So I got in the habit of when I'm not working, not going to the bars. You know, <laughs> but I, I I mean, one of my bike paths brings me right up to the back of the parking lot of the B-Dale club too. So I'm riding my bike up that hill all the time to get home, but oh my God, um, that's I'll have funny. to come in there. I'll watch for you. I'll come down there. I'll, I'll support you. Yeah, man. Well, you're right next door. Yeah. But we have a lot of musicians that come in there all the time. You probably know half the ones that come in there. I've featured ones once a month or twice a okay. month can play with me down there. So you just ran sound of the caboose forever. That was a front of house sound guy there for 25 years. No shit. And I, that's, I got, I mean, I know everybody, you know, I, and that sound guys know everybody. And I think that was kind of what helped me. I, I got, uh, I mean, I got to know like Patrick and Noah, I got to, I got to know them that way too. I was the sound, front of house sound for Martin Zeller and the hard ways when Patrick was a part of that 20 years ago. So absolutely. I, and I toured with, uh, I, I, I used to tour with trip Shakespeare way back in the oh, day. I was go. one of their techs and, uh, Picador's. You know, Picador's toured with us quite often, uh, Adam and Noah both, you know. So I've known those cats a long-ass time. And when Noah when when Noah caught my demos, and he Noah actually recorded my demos, two of my demos at his house, you know, during lockdown. He opened up that studio, and I'm like, hey, Noah, how about a couple of non-judgmental drum tracks for a songwriter starting out? And then um, he, uh, he recorded two songs for me, and he goes, brother you should keep going you know he kind of encouraged me Noah encouraged me so he's noah played on the whole record patrick produced the record and uh they're both in the live band it's cool that's absolutely outstanding um so he did he record the drums at chubby mammal or he'd go over to patrick's and do it that both actually um when during lockdown uh the song 73 Mm-hmm. on the album um that was the first one and it was just noah and i that was the first time i was e- even presented any of my material to any other musicians and uh th- so those tracks were done remotely from chubby mammal and uh the rest of them we did at patrick's house the other 11 that's outstanding and uh yeah I, I, when i saw that on there was patrick tanner i've i've recorded songs down there i've done a lot of interviews down there at his bread sound studio He's a huge, oh, amazing. Sweet, so huge is sweet fan. I love his sweet photos. Yes. And he's I think got the, the sweet wall, man. <laughs> the sweet wall. And I think he's got a uh, bathroom of not, uh, um, uh, oh, my God, I can't think of it right now, the 80s band. 
not to Depe- not Depeche Mode, not. Oh, I can't think of it. A, ba- a certain '80s themed ba- bathroom down there. Um, yeah, last time yeah. I was down there. And an autographed picture of him and Steve Priest from Sweet, you know, right oh, yep. outside the drum room. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> He's got a lot of books, a lot of guitars. Yeah, it's cool. Bread sounds a really cool place. Um, well, you've heard the record. You've heard what Patrick does. His production is amazing. Is amazing. And he put his heart and soul into my project. He He fell in love with the songs, and it shows in the recording. He's just, I couldn't, I couldn't have. I could not have picked a better duo of people to make a record with him and Noah. Cool, man. So how about the song, the title track, Before My Grown Eyes? My Own Grown Eyes. Can you tell us yep. about that song? What's that, that song stood out to me like a hit song. I cannot wait to spin that one on the podcast. What was the story about writing that song and tracking it? it the, the story of writing it is I, I've been around a while. I've grown up in the music scene. I have grandchildren. And I think that my the perspective that I had writing this record and the stories uh, comes from my experience. You know, the years of you've got the ego, you put the ego away. So my own grown eyes, I mean, I'm basically, uh, I, I, I've written it from a, a perspective of humility, you know, and gratitude. Humility and gratitude drive the entire record and uh, lyrically, and it does. It comes from the perspective of my own grown eyes, and hopefully, you know, I've grown up a bit myself. I talk with ex-bandmates, uh, my friend Aaron Seymour. I was in a group called the Delilahs with him 30 years ago, and we talked about, you know, we talk about the struggles we had back then and the interpersonal, you know, struggles between people and stuff like that. That's all gone it's all perspective now. It's all, you know, I have my family and my gratitude. A lot of my songs are about my family, my kids, grandkids, my, my wife and stuff. So I guess that's, that's where that comes from. Outstanding. And how did you go about recording that over at Bread Sound? You start with like an acoustic that track? That was how- one of the songs. Um, I, I have, uh, which is behind me, I have my own, you know, in-home demo studio. It's my, my writing studio. And I did a lot of the demos here with drum machine and stuff like that, or my e-drum kit. And then uh, we shut the e-drums off and Noah would play along. That particular song, My Own Grown Eyes, was not even going to be on the album. It was the 12th song we recorded. And I, I brought Patrick a demo. And it sounded almost like a, it was almost like a bluegrass type song. And Patrick is, and he's so excited. He was over the moon excited. Scott, I have this idea. So, and he said, let's break it down to nothing and build it from the bottom up. And he says, I want a little more of a soupy feel to it. So we did, we broke it down to uh, a click track and two acoustic guitars. And then Patrick started building that song up with that baritone guitar part. And we just fell in love with it and just took it to the nines. It just it, that was equal parts Scott and Patrick, and I think that's why I love the song so much because um, he he won't take songwriter credit for it, but um, I you know on the back of the album I gave him arranging credits for it because that's not what the song would have sounded like had I done it myself, and and uh, so I just I let the producer produce, and he said let's try it this way, and I'm like 
it's kind of slow, dude, you know, at first, because I, I had recorded it so fast. And we got done with it, and we were both like, wow. In fact, um, live, at the live show, that's the one that people gravitate to. Who sings the harmonies on that? Patrick Tanner. Patrick Tanner sang those those harmonies, and um, he, at the live show, he's like, I think we should have J.J. Benson sing those. He He's like, it took him to the top of his range and beyond, but... I, I commend Patrick for being a trooper. Mom and Dad are your favorite. 
Bringing home this week's episode of the Minnesota Music Shakedown is another song by one of the featured guests this week, the Scarlet Goodbye with their song, Angel Dust. Big thanks to Andrew Crowley from Organica Studios for assisting in post-production. This has been the Minnesota Music Shakedown. If you'd like to toss a buck or two in the podcast tip jar, please visit patreon.com forward slash Music. If you like what I do, check out my website markstereomusic.net. For song or artist submissions, please email me at markstereomusic at gmail.com or message me on social media. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time. (laughs) 